Welcome to our daily portion with WIT Ministries. I'm Matt Russell, and I'm the director of WIT Ministries. And at Walking in Truth Ministries, we want to help people to be able to live a more God-centered, God-focused life and uh, in every aspect of their life. So the purpose for this podcast is for us to really strengthen our biblical discipline of reading the Bible. So I'm going to read a scripture every day where I'm going to share a nugget about that scripture. And then I'm going to say a little prayer at the end. And that will be the entirety of our episodes for this podcast. Uh, Please feel free to check us out at walkingintruthministries.org. Or you can also check out our other podcast, which is Living the Wit Life with Walking in Truth Ministries. I hope that this podcast blesses you as much as it blesses me. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with our daily portion. Are you concerned about what the future holds? Are you confident that the retirement plans that you have today will still be secure tomorrow? Let us help you by clearing up the uncertainty. This is Matt Russell, the director of WIT Ministries. Many of us at Walking in Truth Ministries are bivocational, working in our ministry as well as in the financial services industry at WinBig Financial Group. We help people to build a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Give me a call at 817-903-2575 to support our ministry and to secure your family's financial future. Again, Call today at 817-903-2575. Thank you and God bless. Joshua 10. Five kings attack Gibeon. Now it came about when Adonizedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured Ai and had utterly destroyed it, just as he had done to Jericho and its king, so he had done to Ai and its king, and that the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were within their land, that he feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, and all its men were mighty. Therefore, Adonizedek, king of Jerusalem sent word to Hoam, king of Ebram, and to Peram, king of Jarmut, and to Jephai, king of Lachish, and to Debir, king of Eglon, saying, Come up to me and help me, and let us attack Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the sons of Israel. So the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmut, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon gathered together and went up. They, with all their armies, encamped by Gibeon and fought against it. Then the men of Gibeon sent word to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal, saying, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us, for all the kings of the Amorites that live in the hill country have assembled against us. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the valiant warriors. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not one of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly by marching all night from Gilgal, and the Lord confounded them before Israel. And he slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, and pursued them by the way of the ascent of Beth Aron, and struck them as far as Azekah and Machedah. 
as they fled from before Israel while they were at the descent of Beth Aron, the Lord threw large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than those whom the sons of Israel killed with the sword. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the sons of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, O sun, stand still at Gibeon, and O moon in the valley of Ai-Jalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Jeshar? And the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. There was no day like that before it or after it, when the Lord listened to the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua and all Israel with him returned to the camp to Gilgal. Victory at Machedah. Now these five kings had fled and hidden themselves in the cave at Machedah. It was told, Joshua saying, The five kings have been found hidden in the cave at Machedah. Joshua said, Roll large stones against the mouth of the cave and assign men by it to guard them. But do not stay there yourselves. Pursue your enemies and attack them in the rear. Do not allow them to enter their cities, for the Lord your God has delivered them into your hand. It came about when Joshua and the sons of Israel had finished slaying them with a very great slaughter until they were destroyed. And the survivors who remained of them had entered the fortified cities, that all the people returned to the camp at Joshua, to Joshua at Machedah in peace. No one uttered a word against any of the sons of Israel. Then Joshua said, Open the mouth of the cave and bring these five kings out to me from the cave. They did so and brought these five kings out to him from the cave. The king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Heglon. When they brought these out to Joshua, Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said to the chiefs of the men of war who had gone with him, Come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came near and put their feet on their necks. Joshua then said to them, Do not fear or be dismayed. Be strong and courageous. For thus the Lord will do to all your enemies with whom you fight. So afterward Joshua struck them and put them to death. And he hanged them on five trees, and they hung on the trees until evening. It came about at sunset that Joshua gave a command, and they took them down from the trees and threw them into the cave where they had hidden themselves and put large stones over the mouth of the cave to this very day. Now Joshua captured Mechidah on that day and struck it and its kings with the edge of the sword. He utterly destroyed it and every person who was in it. He left no survivor. Thus he did to the king of Mechidah, just as he had done to the king of Jericho. Joshua's conquest of southern Palestine. Then Joshua and all Israel with him passed on from Mechidah to Libna and fought against Libna. The Lord gave it also with its king and its hands of into the hands of Israel, and he struck it and every person who is in it with the edge of the sword. He left no survivor in it. Thus he did to its king, just as he had done to the king of Jericho. And Joshua and all Israel with him passed on from Libna to Lachish, and they camped by it and fought against it. The Lord gave Lachish into the hands of Israel, and he captured it on the second day and struck it and every person who was in it with the edge of the sword, according to all that he had done to Libna. Then Haram, king of Gezer, came up to help Lachish, and Joshua defeated him and his people until he had left no survivor. And Joshua and all Israel with him passed on from Lachish 
to Eglon, and they camped by it and fought against it. They captured it on that day and struck it with the edge of the sword. And he utterly destroyed that day every person who was in it, according to all that he had done to Lachish. Then Joshua and all Israel with him went up from Eglon to Hebron, and they fought against it. They captured it and struck it and its king and all its cities and all the persons who were in it with the edge of the sword. He left no survivor according to all that he had done to Eglon. And he utterly destroyed it and every person who was in it. Then Joshua and all Israel with him returned to Debir, and they fought against it. He captured it and its kings and all its cities, and they struck them with the edge of the sword and utterly destroyed every person who was in it. He left no survivor, just as he had done to Hebron, so he did to Debir and its king, as he had also done to Libna and its king. Thus Joshua struck all the land, the hill country, and the Negev, and the lowland, and the slopes, and all their kings. He left no survivor, but he utterly destroyed all who breathed, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua struck them from Kadesh Barnea, even as far as Gaza, and all the country of Goshen, even as far as Gibeon. Joshua captured all these kings and their lands at one time, because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. So Joshua and all Israel with him returned to the camp at Gilgal. We have to remember that when we're reading the Bible, there's a lot of symbolism in, throughout the Bible. And um, there's people who say, well, it's either literal or it's all allegorical. And they won't understand that it's both. They Many people will lean on one theory or the other, but they won't accept just the truth that it is both. And God uses the word to to define the word, but he also uses the word to translate or to to be able to uh, tell you what it means. <clears throat> so the word, <clears throat> it's not that men are reading the Bible and then finding revelation in what it says. It's men are reading the Bible and the Bible is finding revelation in who those men are. The, rev the Bible is the same. It's the living word. It is does not change. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. There is no contradiction in it. Uh, people who really need it to have contradiction are using that to justify, use justification not to believe, which is a pride issue. It really is. But anyways, the Bible defines itself. So knowing that he's talking about the promised land where Joshua is finally take, being able to take the sons of Israel into the promised land and take the land that God had promised to them for generations. Now, many times we think that the promised land is heaven. But there's a problem with that. We, we, we Those who really believe, they're looking at the symbolism here and they say, well, the promised land is heaven. That is what God has promised to us. Well, I like the idea of that. But that's not what it is, because he plainly says that when you go into the promised land, there your enemies will still be dwelling. There are no enemies in heaven. So it can't be. But what it is, the promised land is the Christian life of salvation. It is living a life as a true Jesus follower, a disciple of Christ. Because 
you've accepted, you believe, you're now living a life kingdom-focused, spirit-focused, not flesh-focused. And you are still living in a land where the enemies are still around you. And in fact, it says in the Bible, in Deuteronomy 7, 22, it talks about that very thing and how God said he will deliver your enemies to you. He will, just as he is doing here, which will I'll bring this back to Joshua 10. But he will deliver the enemies to you little by little, bit by bit. So as we, we defeat these enemies, enemies, which is the way it is shown in the Bible. That is a literal thing, a natural thing that they did. But it also represents a spiritual thing that we are doing. We have temptations. We have different things that we face as an enemy, whether it be an actual fallen angel or demon, or whether it be our flesh, or whether it be those temptations that we struggle with. Those things, God said, he will help us. He will deliver them for us. We will be victorious little by little. As we continue to press into him, he will continue to deliver our problems and circumstances and struggles and enemies to us. So that is a great promise. And in fact, the section in in Deuteronomy, where it talks about that, it says the promises of God. He promises this. So he doesn't say something that comes back empty. It comes back fulfilled or it doesn't come back. It's either still in the process of being fulfilled or it is completed and comes back fulfilled. So that's good. You can hang on to it and just know it's going to happen. Now for Joshua, remember the people of Gibeon tricked them. In Joshua 9, we saw that they were deceived. They were tricked. And then because of that, it was like, oh, well, we messed up. Let's pick up and keep moving on. So they took them as servants. They took them as they had vowed themselves. Gibeonites vowed themselves to be servants to the sons of Israel. And they said, okay, so we won't we won't um, do anything. But what we won't do anything against you. We won't kill you like we're going to deliver all the other enemies. But... What it did is it created that bond and relationship, which is leaving that enemy present in your land for possible future intermingling, which God does not want. God does not want the intermingling of faith. He wants the sons of Israel to live such a strong, faithful life that it brings the Gibeonites to believe, not turning the Israelites to disbelief. But the Gibeonites come into trouble. And all they did was turn and say, we need your help. God did not show up for the Gibeonites for the Gibeonites' sake. God showed up for the Gibeonites for the Israelites' sake. He showed up because he is the God of Israel. Israel, at this time... Israel, the sons of Israel, that is his people, said, I am your God, you are my people. You follow me, keep my laws, I will protect and provide for you. So because Israel said yes, and that was the right thing for them to do, they stepped up and they went to protect 
Gibeon because they made this pact with them. They are now to be considered like family. Now, fully family once they believe and have faith. Up until then, they will be strangers in the land, but they are accepted and they are apart as strangers in the land. So, this is what we need to do. When we're facing our enemies, God will deliver them for us. But when we see other people who just call out to help, when we step in, we know that God steps in with us. Don't step in as a a citizen of this world. We need to step in as a citizen of the kingdom of God. And therefore, we will be effective and more effective in delivering victory. So, Father, thank you that you are an overcomer. You sent your son to be the overcomer. And he overcame death. He overcame sin. He overcame all the temptation that we face. He overcame everything. And he even went down and defeated Satan and took the keys of dominion back from Satan, freeing all of those lives, all those spirits, to be with you in the kingdom. Father, we're so thankful that for that overcoming, because without your overcoming, ours would be vain. Our overcoming would be pointless. But because you overcame, you gave us an example as to how to overcome. But you also gave us the ability to fully overcome divinely. And for that, we are so thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope that uh, that blesses you, either as an individual or uh, with you and your other loved ones. Uh, maybe this is uh, something that you're utilizing to to spend with your family, uh, some time around God's Word, and uh, of course, that is great. I love that, and I'd love to hear how uh, the Daily Portion podcast is blessing you. If you would, just go to our website at walkingintruthministries.org. And um, go on there and just drop us a little note about uh, this podcast or one of our other podcasts or even just check out the events that we have available. Uh, But again, thank you very much and look forward to seeing you again tomorrow as we dig into our daily portion with WIT Ministries. God bless.